All right, Kevin Barker, that's a little more like it. It's a little more like it, a 4-3 win for the Blue Jays. Good starting pitching. Good relief. Tremendous defense by George Springer. Is this a meaningful stat, or is this just the fact that I like Danny Jansen so much? There's a combination of both things. Danny Jansen returned to the lineup tonight, Kevin. They're 14-6 and six with him behind the plate. That's a 700 winning percentage. Meaningful stat or just Jeff being a fanboy? Uh, a little of both, but I would I would lean on the the meaningful stat. I, I, this is what I think about that. Uh, Barrios, that good starting pitchers that spin the baseball always talk about the pitcher's target, where he wants to start the baseball at. If you notice Danny Jansen tonight, if you're watching the baseball game, when he wanted the ball down, his base was a little wider. This is talking about Danny Jansen. That would mean his head is a little lower. That would tell Barrios, this is where I want you to start the baseball. So when it breaks, it's at least looking like a strike, tunneling longer. We'll get more swing and misses when he wants the ball up. What's he do? His base gets a little closer together. His head's a little higher. I want you to start the ball here. If you miss, it's above my head. It's a simple thing. But when you're an educated uh, catcher like Danny Jansen is, it's something to be able to get a spin guy through a baseball game. Now, Barrios had some a really good feel with the mechanics and was finishing the ball out front. And I talk about that all the time on, on our mm-hmm. show, Blair and Barker, that to really get it out there and want to snap your fingers. That backdoor breaking ball to a lefty was a huge pitch early in, early in counts, early in at-bats, just because that's still in the strike. They always talk about that. The good ones are able to do that, and the velocity was upticked. I always talk about the velocity of the breaking ball. That's a big deal. It was 82, 83 miles an hour. That allowed him to command it and have it go where he wants it to go and keep it out of the middle of the strike zone. And when you could do that, add it to your boy, Danny Jansen, being able to do what he's doing behind the plate. That's a, that's a lethal combination. And if they can get him going and you can get Gosman back and you have Manoa, I mean, that that can be a lethal comb- – uh, you know, three guys there that you can count on, take a lot of pressure off of Charlie in that bullpen. Jose Barrios, 13 strikeouts today. That uh, matches his career high. Kevin, he threw 31 curves, 51 fastballs, 24 of them four seamers, 12 change-ups. You know, I look at the way he approached Bryson Stott, who hit the home, singled off him the first time, hit the home run off him the second time. Third time he came up the plate, curveball taken for strike, curveball taken for strike, sinker, curveball swung and missed. We've talked about Jose Barrios and, and that curve. And and what a weapon it can be for him. And as I said, this this looked to me like the Jose Barrios that we expected to see when the Blue Jays got got him over here, and and gave him the contract. And and you pointed something else out very early to me on the text uh, via text, and that was that Danny Jansen and Barrios were not using pitchcom. They didn't use it unless there was a runner on second base. They were going the old-fashioned way with the hand signals, and the pace. I, I don't know, maybe Barrios, I don't know if he shook him off, maybe once, but it was just a, boy, uh, from the guy in the mound and the guy behind the plate, that was one of the most professional uh, performances we've seen, I, I would argue, I would argue in, in, in a month. You know, other than Alec Noah starts, that was just, that was the way it was supposed to go, that was the way it was supposed to look. 
Absolutely. I, yeah, I think just having Danny Jansen back there, being able to do both, being able to put the fingers down and also use the pitch comp, it sounds easy and every catcher should be able to do it. I just think it's very hard to keep that pitcher on the same page with you when you're trying to do it two different ways. And for him to be able to do that, like you mentioned, kept the pace, kept a good rhythm, kept a good timing. We talk about that all year with Jose Barrios, but it's been a little off, right? It's been a start, stop, start again. He's in between. He's not getting it out front. The arm, the elbow's dragging. It's falling behind. That's why you see the non-competitive two-seamer. You see the non-competitive four-seamer. You see the breaking ball that's not even close. But tonight it just seemed like by just putting the fingers down and allowing him to sort of get in, in good pace and good rhythm, you know, allowed him to have some competitive pitches, get him in a groove and had all those strikeouts and gave him a chance to win. 416-870-0590, star 590, 888-666-0590, 590-590 is the text line. 4-3, the Jays win the first game of this brief two-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies, of course, without JT Real Muto and Alec Bohm due to, or Obama should say, due to uh, COVID regulations. Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, and Camargo in the IL as well, but Kevin uh, even though the, the, the Phillies did not have their best lineup out there, Jose Barrios did a really nice job against what he was facing. Lourdes Gurriel, we have to talk about him, four for four. Um, when a guy gets on a heater like he is, you know, when a guy gets in one of those roles, Kevin, what what is it, as, as someone who played the game, what is it that... that what does a guy see when he goes on the type of the type of role that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is on now? Is it just confidence? Is it comfort with mechanics? Is it the old everything that comes to the plate looks like a beach ball? What is it? All, all, all the above. Obviously, he's a very long limb guy. Now, the 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 big million dollar question is why is he always so hot and cold? You know, one month he could hit every single ball that you throw up there. Next month he couldn't hit a ball for tea. Uh, me, I, you know, I've I've never really seen anybody that's that's been like that. But just knowing that he's a long limb guy, sometimes direction is very hard to repeat <clears throat> over and over and over again. And and let's be honest, baseball is about ninety five percent mental. And when you can talk yourself into, uh-oh, I'm going through one of those times, it just sort of escalates and you fall out of, all, out of rhythm and all the things you were talking about. And we talk about pitchers. Hitters are no different. Pace is a big deal. Look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. tonight. The Phillies did a really good job with Vladdy, just making him stand there and wait for them to throw the baseball. That's a big deal. Hitting is just exactly like pitching you have to have a little rhythm you have to have a little timing you know that some good hitters talk about they sing a song to themselves just to give them a little Mm -hmm. bit of flow give them a little bit of rhythm back and forth just so they're not standing there stale waiting on the pitcher to throw because it's very hard to start from a stop and when you don't have a little bit of that and what Lourdes is doing right now with the closed lower half, keeping his front side in he's swinging at strikes he's staying down and through it he's getting to his his big finish when he's doing all those things, you know, he looks like he can be one of the best hitters in baseball. Brad and Guelph, you're on Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. You want to talk about one-run wins? Yeah, well, I, I noticed earlier in the season that the Jays were really successful in one-run games, and tonight was kind of indicative of that. And is that, like, you know, just because of a, a depleted Phillies lineup, or are these guys back to, like, you know, showing that they can play when, you know, the game matters? 
I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll toss this over to Kevin. One, one, one run wins generally mean, especially when the score is 4-3, you've got good starting pitching, you've played really good defense. The Jays, as we said, got terrific defense from George Springer. Kevin, that catch was, uh, you know, we're going to be seeing that on, on, on replay for a while. Uh, but, I, again, it gets back to I, I just think the pitching. You know, Charlie, all the levers worked out of the bullpen. Jordan Romano gives up a leadoff single. You you pointed out something, and Caleb Joseph had talked a little bit about this. And uh, Jordan Romano looked different to me in the mound tonight when there was a man in first base. He looked he did. a well, lot different to me. He, he did. Well, he's not slide-stepping, but it's not as big leg kick as he normally has. He's, you know, he's a guy that needs to create a little bit of momentum going towards the plate because he's a hard thrower. And when you're a hard thrower and you're trying to tunnel or not abuse a slider, you need some tunneling and you need some momentum going towards the target. And having that runner on first base, you know, the first batter, sort of made him think more about how high do I kick it. I want to keep him at first base. I don't want to allow him to get to second base. But – Again, you give Charlie, you give Petey credit that they got Tim Mays in the game at the right time against three lefties. You brought mm-hmm. in Jimmy Garcia. For me, anyway, this is the best Jimmy Garcia I've seen all year. The, yep. the velocity was there. Uh, the, the break on the slider was there. The, the cutter that he was throwing, it was good enough. Like, when he needed to go to a hitter's weakness, he could do it. That's the first time I saw that tonight. And Romano, give Romano credit the last couple outings. He's maintained velocity. That seems like that has to be a big deal for him because he likes to use the slider. The harder you're still in the fastball, the more you have to respect it, the more he can get away with a bad slider, which is exactly what we saw tonight. You can have games like this. I don't think you overthink it. I don't, you know, maybe it helps to have not having Bryce Harper here. I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball. But give the give the Blue Jays pitching credit. They did enough to get a win tonight, especially when you're facing Zach Wheeler tomorrow. This is a huge win for the Blue Jays. Yeah, it was a much needed win, and I think you could tell that the number of folks that came out of the dugout. I mean, there were people. I don't even know if they were on the Blue Jays roster or the Blue Jays staff that came out at, <laughs> out of the dugout at the end of the game. It seemed like a like a conga line. Of guys, we've got to talk about the play with with uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the what inning was it, Jeff? Man, oh man, the fourth. Yeah, when you can't read your own scorebook in the fourth inning, the uh, uh, Matt Verling at bat, the strikeout, swinging. Uh, Danny Jansen alertly picks up the ball, fires a strike to first base. Now Vladdy gets over, gets the ball, doesn't touch the bag. And he immediately, of course, he's disappointed. But when he sees that the Jays are going to ask for, for a review, he's immediately waving. He's telling them, no, I, I, I didn't touch the bag. They went ahead and asked for the review anyhow. Now, a couple of things. Uh, talk to me about that play. You're a first baseman. Mm-hmm. What went wrong there? But secondly, and, and you know, maybe we need to, to, hear, to hear from Charlie about this. If my player's telling me don't review, I'm I'm not going to re- I'm not going to review. I mean, 100%. first of all, first of all, you waste the review. Secondly, it's a bad look. Hundred percent. You that you don't trust your player enough that was closer to the play that you the, to the play than you were. That he knows that he didn't touch the bag and you still went to review and you, and you lost it. Uh, the 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 main thing out of all this, Vladdy was late getting the first base. It has to be sense of urgency. Get over there as fast as you can. Look up. Give uh, Danny Jansen a big target. You're a big man. Give him a big target. But the only way you can give him a big target if there's urgency getting to the bag where you can get there, get in an athletic position in case it's a bad throw. 
then that allows him to not have to throw to a moving target, which throws your your you know f- footwork off and gets you all out of whack and allows you not to be able to step on the ba- on the bag the way you want to step on it. But Charlie, really, like I I just don't understand that when you have the player that didn't make a play is telling you that he didn't step on the bag and you still challenge it. I mean, they got away with that one. Plain and simple. Next time you need to trust your player. It's real simple. Yeah, and, and you know, to me, it, you know, Vladdy. I mean, Vladdy's out there, and you, you, Vladdy's embarrassed. Vladdy's scuffling, and it was like the, it was. It was just to me, it was unnecessary. And I also didn't think it was. Frankly, I didn't think it was that. I don't. I don't know what they saw in the re, uh, in, in the replay room. It wasn't going to be overturned. I mean, it wasn't. It was close enough for the call to be right. Anyhow, uh, we'll talk about that more in Blair and Barker more. The Jays' 4-3 winners over the Philadelphia Phillies. First of two games. This is a homestand. They got four games against the Kansas City Royals coming up. The Royals are going to be without a couple of key players as well due to COVID restrictions. This is a nice time for this team to go like 5-1 and one or even 6-0 and oh going into the All-Star break. Believe me, this team needs it. This fan base needs it. Hell, front office needs it. The media needs it as well. We'll take a break and come back with more Blue Jays talk. Again, 4-3 Blue Jays. This is Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. 0-2. Swing and a miss. No throw necessary on that one. Barrios blows it by him. Strikeout number 13 to match his career high for the second time this season. 13 strikeouts for Jose Barrios through six innings here at Rogers Center tonight. 51 swings induced tonight by Jose Barrios. The Philadelphia Phillies 20 whiffs as the Blue Jays beat the Phillies 4-3 at the Rogers Center in front of 32,795. We'll go back to the phone lines, but now it's time for the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus Play responsibly, Ontario only. Kevin Barker, the New York Yankees, leading the Cincinnati Reds 3-0 right now. The Yankees are 61-25 and going into that game. They're on top of the division. Tampa Bay is 47-40. and They beat the Boston Red Sox 3-2 despite a terrific start from Chris Sale. Bad news for the rest of the American League East. If you caught any of that game, Chris Sale looked awfully good, awfully efficient. Anyhow, the Tampa Bay Rays are 47-40. and 40. They're a game and a half up on the wild card. Boston, 47-41. Toronto, 46-42. and 42. The Baltimore Orioles, they're leading 4-2 over the Chicago Cubs. They are 43-44 and 44 right now. They're going to be 500 with a week left, with less than a week left of the, uh, before the All-Star game. Nobody, 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 nobody saw the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, in that uh, in, in that in that position, Adam and Georgetown. You want to talk about Vladdy? You want to talk about maybe whether or not he should move down in the order? I got some thoughts about that. But you also want to talk to Kevin about that triple, uh, or I'm sorry, Teoscar Hernandez trying to stretch that double into a triple in the first inning. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. I appreciate you guys uh, taking my call. Great show as always. Um, I'll make I'll make the I'll make the uh, first. Barrios is absolutely dealing tonight. Anytime you get 10-plus strikeouts and three or less earned runs, I'll take that every day of the week. So he seems to be getting back on track, which is always a good sign. 
Um, now, I hate to pick a bone because it's just I, – I, like, I don't know. I'm not watching the game. I'm not at work. I'm just listening to it. But So, Hernandez hits that, that double, and he tries to stretch it out into a triple. Um, you know, I, I know that the, one of the main rules in baseball is that you don't make the first or third out at third base. Um, and Hernandez has Gurriel right behind him who had a four-hit night. He's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball – Hernandez isn't a slow runner, obviously, which is why he went tried to go to third. Um, he could have easily scored from second if Gurriel had to hit a single. And, you know, I know they won. I know it's not a big deal now, but they've been playing some terrible baseball lately. So I didn't like him trying to go to third. Um, but, again, that just might be me complaining. I wasn't watching the game. so. Um, but, and then my uh, Guerrero point. Now, I love Vlad. He's my favorite player to watch. Um I think he's an all-world talent, but he has just not looked comfortable at the plate lately, and it seems to be a pretty easy out. Um, you know, I know he would probably hate moving down in the order, but there's just there's just better guys behind him right now, guys. Like, let's just be honest. So, I mean, I know it would be hard to convince him to move down a couple spots, but I don't know. Maybe it would take a little bit of pressure off of him to because to, he doesn't need to carry this team. There's There's good hitters on this team, guys, right now. And I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yep. I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate you giving my call, guys. Thanks, Adam. I'll pass it over to Mr. Barker. Mr. Barker. Okay, well, let's talk about the base running. I, I, the, the saying is, and it's a right saying, you, you never want to make the final out of third base. You know, if, he's a, if he makes a better slide and does a pop-up slide, he's safe. I mean, he, he beat That's the throw to the bag. It was just, yeah. Second yeah, time in it a was couple just, of it games, was just a, to Oscar's kind of – yeah, what's the word? Yeah, okay. Of, well, what what what's what's Teoscar's bugaboo is is sometimes baseball IQ, baseball IQ, and not knowing what's going on around you, and not knowing who's coming up, and and you know trying to sometimes push it when you don't have to push it. And Adam's exactly right; he's good enough. He's good enough base runner. He's fast enough that he could score and from Bo's second and take a double. You slow up. There's no well, reason yeah. to draw like the it's, throw. It's, Bo's scoring. Absolutely not. So it's it's not a it's not a smart play, but we've seen that quite a few times from Teoscar Hernandez, and that's something he needs to work on. If he wants to get paid, I've said this to you before. He wants to get paid like a big boy. You got to play like a big boy. Now the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. thing, man, that is Adam's exactly right. Right now there are other guys hitting below him that are doing better things, but would it benefit? Everybody else in the lineup and Vladdy the most for moving him down in the order. I'm just not exa- exactly sure that's the right thing. If, if you move him anywhere, for me anyway, I'd, I'd put him in a two spot. Mm-hmm. That, that that would be the one mm-hmm. little thing. Maybe add a little sense of urgency to him. Uh, and I, I don't know who he's talking about with game plans and, and his plan of action when he wants to walk to the plate. But he seems to be the only hitter in baseball that thinks he can hit the best the, the pitcher's best secondary pitch. And for whatever reason, he goes up and looks for it all the time. Well, he's a, he can mash fastballs. He can hammer velocity. For me, it's not an easy fix. But, I, you know, I was always taught the only way you're going to be a consistent good fastball hitter is to actually look for it. And I don't know about you guys. And, and fans that watch Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but does he look like he hunts heaters? I mean, it's rare. And I just don't know why that's a plan for him. I, I don't know why he continues to want to walk up and look secondary pitch. Maybe he's feeling something that we don't know about. Maybe he don't like something that he's doing, and he thinks he's having a little tough time catching up to velocity, and that's why he goes up and consistently looks, looks for secondary pitches. But 
moving him moving him down in the order, meaning somewhere four, five, six, seven, somewhere in there would be a tough sell. But I I would seriously think about moving him to second, maybe putting Bo in the cleanup spot like you do, putting Lourdes in the three hole. Oh, maybe like now you're cooking with gravy, but that that would be a little something. Maybe Still that a would be a little something with gravy. By the way, <clears throat> well, I like gravy, and it's my saying. And look, maybe that's maybe that's something they really have to think about after the All Star break. You come back, you look, you just make it look a little different for opposing pitchers and an opposing manager. Give them something else to think about. Yeah, and and I like your point about a little sense of urgency. You know, uh, we talked about how Vladdy doesn't like. You know, uh, Vladdy didn't want to hit second. That you know he preferred hitting third and getting up to the plate sooner. Well, maybe a little sense sense of urgency is a good thing. And I, I like your idea. Look, I've I've said this time and again. I I, I think Bo Bichette should be a cleanup hitter in this team. I just do. And uh, you know, frankly, Springer, Guerrero, Guriel, Bichette like the looks of that. You know, you're 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 not. I mean. Y- you're not sending a bad message to Vladdy by hitting him second. You're doing what we said they talked to him about in spring training. You're putting him where teams put their MVP. You're putting him where you want. In, mm-hmm. in, in the, you're saying to him, we think you're one of our best hitters still. We want, you know how much faith we have in you? We want to get you an extra at bat. That's how much faith we have in you. I think it would be, be a brilliant move, Kevin. I absolutely I, I, do. Just, just and for, you reward just Gurriel, for me, I, too. I, I think you put the I, – I think you put – players in positions to be their best and sometimes with Bo the free swing and the chasing maybe if he comes up with more traffic on the bases that free swing and approach all of a sudden now you're going to get more balls on the plate and because he has bat to ball skills and all the bat speed that you need maybe that just plays better hitting cleanup than it would be hitting second I will they do it probably not I mean, it's wishful thinking they've had all year to do this, and they haven't done it yet. Why, why would you think they're going to start doing it now? But it would make some sense if they'd at least try it. Well, we are, what, it's July 12th, so we still have a couple of weeks before the trade deadline kicks in. Sean and Hamilton, you want to talk about it. A lot of people around I me. Mean, I was out at the ballpark. I was down in the field today. We're at that point in the year anyhow, around the All-Star break, where people are talking about the trade deadline. So, Sean, you've got some thoughts about it. Um, actually, a couple of different thoughts, but uh, certainly there enjoy you go. it. We got time. Get your thoughts in. No problem. Okay. Uh, 45 seconds. Um, enjoy the show, you guys, in the morning and uh, on the radio. Uh, dot the I's and cross the T's, you know, answer some questions. And maybe that's point number one, uh, baseball on the radio. I'm on the balcony. I've got TV. But there's something quite magical about baseball on the radio. And Toronto has a pretty good team right now in terms of bringing the play-by-play. So kudos there. And, and you know, mm-hmm. we're being on the radio. The next thing is, I, I guess it comes down to money. And I look at the Blue Jays, and I've got a Cardinals tat in my arm, and there's certain teams that – they're willing to spend a certain amount of money and it's either management or a philosophy. Or, and I think this team needs, as you've already reviewed, we've got to fill a couple of spots, a big left bat, a pitcher, you know, we got to fill some spots. Are they going to spend the premium money to get the premium name? Or are they going to go back out and try to steal a Barrios and a Gosman and a Ryu so well, do we Barrios and Barrios, I was going to say Barrios and Gosman are premium names, and the Blue okay. Jays' payroll this year is larger than the St. Louis Cardinals' payroll this year. 
substantially by about $20 million. So that's all. But so are you telling me that I can look forward to, I mean, if, if Mark Shapiro and, and uh, Mr. Atkinson are going to do what they promised to do, can we get some big names rather than just bodies coming in here? I guess that's my question. Yeah, I appreciate the call. I mean, uh, I, again, I don't consider Barrios and Gosman to be bodies. Uh, I think we're, we're, you know, let's put it this way. I, you're not going to bring another Rymel Tapi or Bradley Zimmer in here if you're talking about an impactful left-handed hitter. That That's not what we're talking about. It would make no sense to do that. Now, you're not going to take at-bats away from a from a a, a, a a right-handed hitter that you think either is, you know, is either performing or you think is going to perform. You're not going to take that away for somebody's disposable left-handed bat. So um, I, I think the left-handed bat, Kevin, is something to add at the trade deadline. You know, could it be a guy like Ian Happ? Perhaps. Could it be somebody like Charlie Blackman? I mean, I don't, I don't know. That, that, those are the, the kind of bats I, I would be looking at. The pitching is interesting because I, I really do think if you're the Blue Jays, and Kevin, you've said this way before I did, and I've come around to your side, though. I think you've got to make a call here. If you're not going to be able to massively upgrade your bullpen, I think you try to massively upgrade your rotation and then, you know, try to try to add – I was going to try to add better arms than you have right now. In can't, the can't, the, can't the, be money's, tra- the, money's, the money's interesting, though, because I'm at $171 million, which payroll is right now, which I, I believe is 11th in baseball. Um, I don't know – if Ross Atkins – keep in mind, when you trade for a player, you're picking up half his year's salary because he's already been paid half his year. I almost get the sense there's got to be a money-in, money-out thing with Ross Atkins. In other words, if they're going to take on somebody who's still – who's going to make – has $10 million left in their you know, left in their salary this year, Kevin, they got to figure out a way to move out some money off their team in order to to assume that $10 million. They don't have any choice. They don't have any choice. Like, they, they can't bring Trevor Richards and Adam Simberson here anymore at trade deadlines. That's a nice lad last year, and they've done exactly what they were supposed to do. But that's not good enough. Like, the, this, the, to ask them to compete and to still continue to go to the Tim Mazes and, and trying to piece it together late in games and, and Charlie and, and Petey trying to match up exactly right every single day is impossible for them to do. So they're going to have to go out and get better arms, and, and you're exactly right. Giving up a Teoscar trade, you give a little up a little money, and you have to take on a little bit of what the trade money that you're adding to your team. Makes a lot of sense. The left-handed bat, I'm just not – realistically thinking that they can do all of this to trade deadline. And that for me seems like you would rather try and go heavy pitching and figure out your offense in the off season. And they may need more than one left-handed bat one more than one left-handed everyday starter. How do you get that? Where do they play? There's a lot of decisions they have to answer. If you get rid of Teoscar Hernandez, hopefully that guy's left-handed with a bunch of power who can play every single day. So there's a lot of ways. Maybe you maybe you now bring in a, a left-handed DH, and you figure out how to maneuver that around. Maybe he can play a little first base. And there's still it's not a finished product yet. But I'm I'm with the caller. There has to be better stuff coming in here, especially when it comes to who they're going to when Charlie walks out and gets the ball from the starter. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think look the, the front office the front office knows that. And and. Um, I do think of Ross Atkins. I think Ross Atkins spent a lot of money this offseason, but I'm sure he realizes that uh, there's still an awful lot. Well, I talked to him today. I know he realizes there's some work to be done, uh, some work to be done with this team, which goes without saying, given where they are and given what expectations are. That is it for us from the Rogers Center. 4-3, the Blue Jays. 
beating the Philadelphia Phillies. Game two of the series goes tomorrow night. We'll be back here again tomorrow night. And Mr. Barker and myself will be on Blair and Barker tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.